0: Hello there and welcome to the Untitled Film Podcast. Not quite Callum as bad Johnny. as
2: the bit of, of radio that went out, <laughs> not radio, podcast, whatever it is we do every week. You know, been doing it for so long, can't even know remember what we're talking about. It's just a blur,
0: it's all a blur. I can't remember what we've reviewed, I can't remember. I can't what. remember.
2: I didn't put out a question this week, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all... But, but if you were to put a question out, Callum where would you put the question well the (laughs) questions usually go but not this week on untitled film podcast both on facebook and instagram and you can also find the uh full um podcast up on youtube as well if you're not into the whole podcast revolution hello mum
0: exactly um that i think that was quite a smooth transition to uh, yeah i think so it wasn't intended but um i'm glad it went that way well I have, I have to pick my moments with you, otherwise it's hard to get a word in edgeway sometimes when you're ranting off about something. Unless you bring up Netflix and that's my time to yes, rant. Yes,
2: then it's your time. Or anything
0: about streaming injustice. Yeah, I've got some more of them, but I've, I've parked them and I'm not doing that this week. But there are some things that have annoyed me on streaming. Actually trying to watch one of the movies for this week annoyed me on streaming because of the audio versions that were available. Oh, yes, of course um but anyway we will talk about that that later in the podcast (laughs) (laughs) um i think we're gonna have a very nice early slide into the news this week and i'm gonna start off yeah go ahead please do i think Uh, i am going to do a really fun bit of english irrelevant news um so, Callum, have you heard of a TV show called Gogglebox? Oh yes, of course, everybody has. I think. Well, not everybody. I'm sure some of our American listeners possibly haven't heard of what Gogglebox is. So Gogglebox is a TV series where they film people watching TV. It's it's, but it is better than it sounds. It to is be quite fair. good. They, they pick they picked certain families and you get to know them and some of them you like and, and some of them you hate. Some of them are very and they, funny and they pick the kind of big news of the week or the big stories of the week and quite often actually say something big happens so obviously this week there's been stuff happening in russia um and there's been stuff happening with submarines and or or submersibles i think is the correct term um and i suspect they will probably on this week's episode show those and they'll comment on those things and then they'll also show a comedy show and then they'll show something else but anyway and that's taken a bit of a side uh aside. Uh, an aside, I think is the word I'm looking for. Um, but what channel is Gogglebox on? It's BBC, isn't it? I've never actually oh watched it. Oh my God. Is it ITV? Are you fucked up my... No. I don't know. Channel 4. Is it? I've never watched it. It's such it. a classic Channel 4 show. I've never really watched it, but it's like always in all the adverts on Channel 4, more 4 and I don't watch live 4. TV, But so. well, no, you watch the fucking streaming. Uh, kind of. Not the most legal of streaming. You Surely you watch all four. Well, it's still cool now, very, it's, got, it's been changed about five times.
2: Very occasionally, and I do mean very occasionally, but I've never seen an
0: advert for Gogglebox in the time that I have. Well, you are fucking behind the times. Yeah, I just, I, I don't watch it. Wow. Anyway, ITV tried to poach you. That was my story. I thought it was going to be a big revelation for you. <laughs> and you fucking no, you don't I'm, know which way is up. I so I, what I, is I've, the n- point? I've
2: never seen Gogglebox. My mum has. If my mum was here, she'd be very annoyed at me, probably.
0: But it's big. It would be, anyway, it would be big news in, in England if ITV got it. It's, it would be the biggest scandal since uh, Channel 4 got the Great British Bake Off from the BBC, I would say. Um, and that, for anyone in England, was a scandal. For, for most people, yes. Yeah. I do know that went
2: over, but. Wow. That's probably anyway, the only bit of news that I do know. You know, a bit of boring
0: <laughs> film news and from actually, some American people. Oh, or yeah, no, it is. No, oh, the rioters
2: strike. <laughs> 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 meh, meh, meh. Well, actually, meh, no, uh, because um, I, uh, I was just saying just before we started recording that uh, I had a bit of morbid news, but then I had to swap it out for something because it was a bit too morbid. Uh, because... Get on with it. <laughs> so, this is actually something I'm not particularly interested in. It's just that the more interesting stuff, it would be quite a downer for oh, this so podcast. So if you're not
0: interested in it? Why should we be <laughs> interested in
2: it? <laughs> so uh, Luke Wilson, Greg Kinnear, who I do like a lot, and uh, Molly Parker have set for a baseball film called You Gotta Believe. Sounds like it's Coming straight to streaming near a streaming service near you. Um, Wow, what
0: an interesting piece of news.
2: Directed by Ty Roberts, who previously previously worked on uh, another baseball movie with Luke Wilson. Mm. You know, wake up, everybody.
0: (laughs) 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 I can't even bother to say his name. Not even the good Wilson.
2: Uh, no that's true it's uh, not the most exciting it's Although the least actually, exciting i would
0: argue the better wilson in rushmore but that's you mean story. um the, the royal, royal ten yeah i do mean the royal ten
2: and so it's about a, a father who's dying whose dream is to put together a little league team and luke wilson what,
0: Field of dreams
2: it's a very similar plot, I, gr- I grant you. Even the Deadline article says a plot that's strikingly similar to um, uh, Field of Dreams. Um, but pay- baseball movies don't really have a purchase over here. I think the only one really, like Field of Dreams, is the one occasional hit. And I think uh, a leak of their own is quite well known here. But otherwise, they just it just isn't something we're interested in. So probably unlikely that this is too. But it really is just a case of... There was something more interesting, but it was a bit too grim for today. And uh, so I had to go with something quite quick. And,
0: you know. (laughs) Anyway, onto the news that people might actually care about. (laughs) So a few months back, we reviewed the series The Bear. Um, which we both gave rave reviews for. There was a couple of really outstanding episodes. It's got a season two, which for those of you in the states, of you probably already got access to it? But us in Britain, as ever, are behind the times, and we are getting it. I think it's the nineteenth of July. It's early July, or mid July, uh, and it will be coming to Disney Plus. But what we do have, which they didn't have in the states, is the advantage they will all drop at once, which Disney Plus does always do, which is quite exciting. So, yeah, the Bear season two is going to be on a an- streaming service near you before they probably cancel it for some form of form of tax relief in a couple of years time quite quite
2: depressing and that's good for a season like the bear because those episodes are only half an hour long and i think with a show like that it's kind of made to be binged really it's not really made to be watched in little piecemeal episode by episode um second bit of news for me is that um a little while ago I mentioned that Ethan Cohen was moving out on his own because Joel Cohen had already moved out on his own with the adaptation of Macbeth and Ethan Cohen had yet to do a thing by himself and That was the announcement of the film Drive Away Girls. Now the trailer has just dropped and it stars Geraldine Viswanathan, who's, you know, one of the big indie girls at the moment. Matt Damon is there. Um, You've got a bunch of um, American character actors as the Coens like, like uh, Bill Camp and people like that. And it looks really fun. It's kind of almost um, uh, a getaway driving movie. Like um, it gave me the vibe of something like um, Baby Driver or something like that. Why are you turning me down? Can you turn me back up, please?
0: <laughs> well, I feel like I should take this show over. I think, you know, I'm just not getting enough from you this episode, so I thought I'd turn you down.
2: Okay, Can I, can I uh, come back?
0: Are you going to be interesting?
2: Well, this one is more interesting than the first bit of news. If you say it's so. A, it's a Cohen Brothers, Well, <laughs> half a Cohen Brothers movie. Oh, Jesus, that was too loud. <laughs> half <laughs> a Cohen Brothers movie. and it's um, Half as interesting, some would say. Well, Joel Cohen is... Great YouTube channel, but like half as interesting. <laughs> uh, Joel Cohen was very interesting on his own. Um, I think uh, we should give Ethan Cohen the shot at being interesting on his own. Um, Macbeth was very good. I, I like Mac- uh, Joel Cohen's version of Macbeth a lot. And I like Geraldine Viswanathan a whole lot. Suppose that
0: the Coen Brothers news isn't interesting to you. <laughs> oh, it is. It's just not mind-blowing, you know. Anyway, I'm only taking the piss. Um, any more to say on that? No, no, just that. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, now I have played with your microphone volumes. We can go into... Quite nice and quickly today, I think. I think I've kept a good leash on how long we've by. talked about things um we can go into the main part of the podcast um and we're going to review two things that i am quite excited to review today um Callum, what two things are we going to review
2: well the first is actually a, a double thing because um there are two seasons of this show but the first season is called tear along the dotted line Uh, It's based on an Italian graphic novel. It's uh, semi-autobiographical, it's kind of a comedy-drama, and uh, he put out a second season, uh, which just came out in June. Both of them are available on Netflix called This World Can't Tear Me Down, uh, which deals about slightly different subject matter. The first is sort of more of a coming-of-age, this one's more political. And then we're going to pair it with uh, the film Persepolis, um, which came out in 2007, I believe, based on the graphic novel of the same name, uh, which, again, is a autobiographical novel that one is um a lot more political uh, where the first one kind of deals
0: kind of dips its toe in well you say novel though they're both graphic novels yes so zero car Cal- zero calcare i'll say his name right um right is so written a series of novels and both of these are based on one of his i actually don't know if the new season is based on one of his graphic novels but the first season was certainly based on the kind of graphic novel that made him big um, and obviously Persepolis is based on a graphic novel as well, which um, everyone should read if they haven't read it. Um, both are quite heavy, um, yes. have comic moments, though, that kind of get you through the heaviness, um, and both have very heavily involved creators. Um, I think they're both directed by the person who made the graphic novel. In yes, both they cases. are, and
2: well, one is co-directed. Um, yep. um, Persepolis is uh, co-directed. By the um, Marjane Satrapi.
0: Yeah, and well, then she has actually gone on to direct lots of she has. films independently now. She, she very much live has. action ones, but including the Mary Mary Curie movie that was on uh, Amazon Prime. A couple yes, years I think ago. she's
2: directed something like four or five films now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, she's a, uh, quite prolific on her own now. Absolutely.
0: Uh, if you don't mind, I will go do a quick synopsis. Yeah, go tear con- <laughs> across the dotted line and. Um, uh, and this world can't tear me down. Absolutely, yes. So, tear across the dotted line, uh, cut to zero car car... <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've said his name so many times in the last week correctly, and as soon as he used to put a stick of microphone in front of me, I can't say anymore. Zero car car car, car eh? Which apparently means, like, zero lime scale. Oh, really? But that's his, that's not his real name. <laughs> no, of course, uh, I, I figured it was a um, pseudonym. Pseudonym, pseudonym, anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he is in a bit of a negative headspace going to some form of event. And he flashes back to the past and tells the story of him and his friends that kind of are leading up to this event. Um, And he doesn't seem to be particularly pleased about going to this event. And along the way, uh, you meet a a girl called Alice that he says he can't remember her name and her name is slightly robotic in tone. Uh, You meet her... Um, his friend, uh, Seco, who always wants to go for ice cream whenever anything gets tough. And I've forgotten the name of his, his third friend. But anyway, she is... Sarah, I think it is. I think it's Sarah.
2: Yes, um, it is. I've got IMDb
0: Well, see, it is in there somewhere. <laughs> um, she's a bit of a know-it-all, um, but also his kind of conscience. But he also has a conscience that is... a follows him around that is the in the shape of a giant armadillo uh, that also talks to him uh, and that's where something with this show that is worth being mentioned is that it's quite although it's talking about really real subjects actually it's quite surrealist at times And there has been comparisons to Bojack Horseman in that regard, in that the the using of animals for certain people um, to to denote certain the type of person they are and the characteristics they are. There's also these kind of surreal flight of fancies and it's kind of very meta. And that's something that's carried through to the second season. And I don't want to spill the ending of the first one. Uh, The second season is, I think, fast forward, I think about five or so years until post-COVID. And he is... um, going to, uh, no, he's not going to something, he he bumps into an old friend he hasn't seen for 20 years. The same time he bumps into this old friend, he starts noticing that these neo-Nazi posters have been put up around his town that all relate to um, these this family of immigrants that have been moved into a local apartment. Uh, and this is a family that has been moved around the edges of Rome into the poorer parts of Rome for a few months and every time they get moved around these neo-nazis start appearing and coming out of the woodwork uh, and again it's about him Seko and um him seko and sarah and their navigation of this callum what did you think
2: yeah it was all right no no <laughs> it was no it was truly excellent i thought it was really really good um what it reminds me of is growing up reading graphic novels because uh, to be honest it hasn't been something i've indulged in quite a few years but i remember as a teenager uh, just how important it was because my brother rory was uh, a lot more into graphic novels than i was but i would get things like persepolis like Watchmen, like uh, um mouse uh, you know all the big ones
0: and it all seemed so important when I was 16, 17. I think Watchmen is probably lower down the important list than Mouse, and uh, yeah, well, just in Persepolis terms of how and, it
2: felt in yeah. at the age of like 15, 16. Um, to get like these really important, you know, all the all these texts would come would come in, and like you you'd just devour them, each one would seem kind of more important than the last. And you didn't know that artwork could be shown like this. You didn't know stories could be told like this. And they were often about young adults. They were often about, um, you know, trying to navigate the kind of adolescence up until adulthood. And and then, uh, you know, in my late, later 20s, I'd occasionally read one or the other, but, that magic that um, reading those comics at the age of 17 had, it just wasn't quite there because it's, you know, partly a nostalgia thing. Mm. I have to say that watching this was the closest I got to just being flashed back to that time. This felt like something that if I found this when I was 16 years old, it would be the most important thing. Mm -hmm. It's funny. It's dramatic. um, It. Deals very well with how to use the form, you know, first in a graphic novel, but then later on in animation. Uh, these shows for Netflix are both animated in a way that can tell an adult story, but with flights of fancy, with magic realism, with, you know, the, the fact that he has an armadillo for a conscience. Um, it, it just feels like something that if I saw this when I was 18 and 19, it would just seem like the most important thing ever. And what I like is that it. Takes the story along a little bit because most of these books were about people apologies in there. For the siren, though. Yes, yeah, so there is a lot of uh, car activity outside. So sorry if
0: you if that bleeds There's in. There's some big festival on, near my house today. So apologies, um in council. Come on, don't let people have fun. Like, You <laughs> yeah. know, just like don't come let that on. happen. At least for this Obviously, hour. People have got a core podcast. You know, really important. Very important
2: um but yeah so it, you know it, it just watching the show it kind of felt important and i like that it moved the story along because these people you know in the second show it's made they make a point that the characters are almost 40 and in the first show i think they're supposed to be in their late 20s i
0: think about 27 yeah um around that time although the thing that throws me off slightly with that is the fact that there's a rogue one poster in the background but then i'm not sure if he's Telling if those which, scenes are
2: the, him telling the audience and then flashing back.
0: Yeah, I don't know quite where the flashbacks are. Because this is another thing is that both of them use a storytelling device of him telling the story. Yes. Um, and because of that, the way they're structured, that the, the, the voice actor who voices Zero, which in the Italian version is him himself, um, and in the British version is not him. It's somebody who speaks, British, somebody who speaks English. Um, but does the majority of the characters around him when it's him talking about it. Where there's a slight deviation from that is if it's a flashback scene where he wasn't there and he wasn't involved in the conversation, then it's in their correct voices. So there was... there's a, the, the, the second series, it's done as an interrogation scene. Um, and when he's talking about what happened in the lead-up to him being interrogated, um, it, he's doing it in their voices. But when it's the other characters in their interrogation room, they're done in their own voices.
2: Yes, and there are several instances. Confusing, but it works well. It does work well in context. And in the first season, there are similar instances. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so it's nice to see that uh, it's happening to characters who are a little bit older. Oh yeah, life can still be a bit of a mess. It doesn't magically become fixed at 23 or 24 or whatever. And that was something I liked. And I think maybe in a way, that's why it worked for me as well. Because it wasn't so much flashing back to a time when I was 17, reading about... Mm-hmm. Eighteen-year-olds, I say. Oh, these guys are just a few years younger than me. And in fact, in the next series, they're older than me, and they're still kind of figuring it out. And that's kind of nice to see. It. It's actually quite comforting. And one of the big themes of the show is not comparing your life to other people, and so it helps put that in context. And no, I thought it was. It dealt with adult themes in a very funny and relatable way. It's very emotional, but very funny though. Um, he's very neurotic, mm-hmm. and it's almost. Um, Woody Allen-esque. Boo. Yes, boo. Hiss. Hiss boo. Uh, but we, we can find new Woody Allens now, like, um, who aren't um, accused of horrible things. So uh, this okay, is be one of them. to get
0: That's the police there. Yeah. get Woody Allen. Yeah, go on, get him, lads. But yeah, no, I liked it a lot. And uh, your thoughts, Johnny? So I really pushed to do this. Um, I watched the first season a little while after it came out. It just popped up on my Netflix one day. And I've got a, a complex relationship with adult. Cartoons because I love some of them. I love like Bojo Horseman and things. But oh my god, is there some shit out there? And even I've cast <laughs> like Family Guy and stuff in that, which I know lots of people like. And so if you like it, but it's just lame. It's not very well done, um, in my opinion. Um, and I'm right. <laughs> um, but yeah, in, and I think you're right that a lot of the stuff that is really good quality um, actually tends to be the kind of almost like teen fiction y ones that are kind of in the middle. But then I don't now identify with... The, I, I can still respect them, but I don't identify with them in the same way that I do with something like this. So this really worked for me on a lot of levels. I liked the animation style. I really liked the, the lead character and kind of, like, identified with him quite a lot and about a lot of things. Um, I also just like the general politics of the show. It's quite left-wing and it kind of wears that very much in its sleeve and I'm quite left-wing and wear that very much in my sleeve. Um, I like the depictions of people that. Because the other thing you get with a lot of. And this is something where these comics and things quite often are better at doing. Is when you watch TV, everything on TV, it tends to be upper middle class people to rich people and nothing below that. Because that tends to be the people that couldn't afford to become an actor or a writer or <laughs> all these things. Not, you know, not or a <laughs> Um But actually. I think in the there's quite a few, especially with the kind of growth of web comics and that kind of thing. There's quite a few people who aren't from those backgrounds who do it in this, you know, in their spare time um, and can do these these things. Um, and I think it's nice that it shows someone from that background who's not necessarily, um, yeah, who's from that. So there's just a lot of things I like about it. Also, the, the soundtrack slaps; like it has so many good tunes so in it. So good, yeah. Really likes it. Like really good. Like. What was it? What would the word be like? I don't want to say indie, but lots of kind of like good music, basically. Yes. Like no, I don't, and I mean like the soundtrack, the songs they've picked. Give me some examples, Callum. Tell um,
2: me- there's M83 in there. Uh, Band of Horses closes out the first season, uh, so kind of indie vibe. A mm. um, bunch of bands actually I wasn't that familiar with a lot of Italian music, but in a similar yeah. kind of style to indie rock, but also um, kind of more synth indie as well.
0: Um, and something i don 't think we 've really touched on is that both so the first season the the overarching storyline I think is of of loss mm-hmm. i would say um and again i don 't want to give too much away for anyone who hasn 't seen it um and then the second um storyline I think is just you know there's there 's a certain level of politics in there, but it 's also not judging people and Um, It's very anti-racism and anti-fascist and and things like that. So they're quite dark, overarching and and growing apart from people as well. And on a personal
2: level, it's a lot about guilt. Because Mm -hmm, um, he feels very
0: guilty about
2: not staying in touch with this guy that he lost touch with and (laughs) then came back into his life only to find that
0: things have changed. Exactly. So now it... um, Yeah. Uh, I just like a lot about him, really. Um, There's not much I don't like about it, really. Uh, Yeah. I, th- I think maybe that some of the secondary characters are maybe at times a bit two-dimensional, um, and and m- maybe it's a little bit self-absorbed at times. But then I think that's kind of quite knowing, and I think it calls itself out on both. those Yeah, things I, th- I at think times. it does.
2: It does often. Um, so, for example, uh, this is something that's lost in the English dub, but uh, they make fun of his voice, and of course, it's the real guy mm. voicing himself. And said, so, "Who's going to be complaining about my voice?" And then a snapshot of all these. Uh, an Italian newspaper clippings saying oh his voice is rubbish, who's this guy voicing it and things like that, mm. so there's a lot of self-knowing things maybe they could have had slightly tighter control on where exactly we are in the timeline as well, like you said it's yeah. like, wait a minute, is he 38 there or actually, is he flashing back to 28 I
0: think the second season did a much better job of that, I think the first season where there's kind of three, almost like three timelines going on at once, it doesn't always do such a good job, yes, yes I agree I suppose the other problem you get with that is though I, you know, I respect that it kind of it tries to be grown up and say, you have to remember this, dude, instead of trying to do that thing that some things do where it'll pop up in the corner, 1993, 1997. Yeah, of course. It... Vienna in big writing across yeah. the screen or something. <laughs> so it's kind of like... Uh, <laughs> It's, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. They could have done something like Tech Change's t shirt or something between the three Maybe. time zones or, so, or times. Or but even but,
2: then, they make a joke about that uh, mm-hmm. because, as you say, the second season is uh, framed around uh, this interrogation. And um, he makes a joke about how I'm, oh, I'm supposed to look yeah. beaten up here, <laughs> but, I but I forgot tell to animators. tell the animators. And then they have this joke where he goes to the animators, you're going to have to do all that work again. The animator just looks about ready to kill him. <laughs> and
0: then they're like, so this is the compromise we came up with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Which I really enjoyed. This and I can probably believe happening. Yeah, But, um, yeah. but no, I really love it. But yeah, any more to say? No, that, no, no, no. I think uh, we've covered quite a lot. Well, that brings us to the advertisement break. And when we return, we will talk about Persepolis.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing.
2: Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Bet to get thirty. Thirty. Bet get thirty. To get twenty. 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 To get twenty. Twenty. To get fifteen. 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 Just fifteen bucks a month. So
1: give it a try at MintMobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows. Full turns at MintMobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too.
0: And welcome back from the advertisement uh, break. Buy.
2: Oh, you've already turned my mic down. <laughs> I, I don't know why I let him
0: do this. I'd buy that for 50p.
2: For a 50 pence piece.
0: Which is worth probably about the same as a dollar now, the pound. No, the other way around. It's probably worth about five, five cents because the pound is plummeting as we speak thanks rishi sunak you cunt anyway <laughs> wow where did that come from that's uh am i back yeah yes i'm um, back you're back anyway <laughs> should we get on with the uh, yeah. second bit yeah so calan tell us about persepolis okay so persepolis
2: is um co-directed by the subject of the comic um marjane satrapi and it's set in 1970s iran and it watches as the events unfold First, through uh, her eyes as a, a young child and her idealistic family, as um, just as the Iran the Iranian Revolution is beginning in nineteen seventy nine with the death of the Shah, and it follows it chronicles the events of what's going on in Iran from the mid to late seventies up until the early 90s, um, and it also follows Marjane's story as um, as the Shah is um, assassinated and the uh, Iranian Revolution begins, and they're idealistic and think, oh great, everything's going to be fixed, only to find out that those who take power after are a whole lot worse. And as a way to try and keep her safe, they send her away to Vienna to a French-speaking school because she can speak French, and it chronicles her time there and just how much of a rough time she has before she has to come back. And it continues to chronicle her times in as the state is getting worse and as rules are tightening and things are becoming a whole lot worse for her family up until the early 90s. Um, so, yeah, Johnny, what did you think of Persepolis?
0: Yeah, it's alright. <laughs> Never gets old. Well, yeah. You gotta you gotta keep the, gotta keep gets the up for the people that you know listen every week. They if I don't do it then they'll be upset. There'll be five people there going,
2: I buy that, he's gonna interrupt him during the I buy that for a dollar <laughs> a bit.
1: Hey, there it
0: is. They, they won't see the reason like as a cunt bit coming there, will they? No, no, not at all. That's new. Maybe That's I'll new. keep it. Maybe Fresh. that'll be my new thing. Every week. Every week. <laughs> anyway, no, I really love Persepolis. Um I've seen it before multiple times i used to have the dvd of it i've read the 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 graphic novel so yeah um i love the style visually um i love the defiance of the character against the horrendous iranian regime um thanks to british um a bunch of cunts um Causing wow, well, I mean, yeah, they did cause that situation. Really, if you put, if you really trace that line back, um, and I like the kind of coming of age story in it. I think it's a really good one to show to younger people. To, also, to, to explain the Iran Iraq and and the history of Iran and why Iran is like it is today. Um, again, thanks British, um, and I. Yeah, I just really like everything about it. I like the voice acting. So uh, uh, going back to something I said earlier in the show, so I was going to watch it on Studio Canal Plus. Um, you have to say Plus. Uh, <laughs> and um, the only had the French edit, which in some ways is fine. Um, obviously, uh, the, the you could, ar- could argue that the original version of it is French be- um, because... That is the second Wait, language of the You couldn't the lead. argue it. It is the first language of the film. Well, Iranian. I don't... But the majority of the characters are in Iranian. Oh, I can't are, imagine yes. they're, like, standing around in Iran speaking French. Well, no, no, but I and just And then they think- go to Vienna, where the main language is German. Yes. Um, so it depends how... Like, the original version that came out of the movie came out in French. Yes, yes. Uh, and it was made partially by a French studio. But it's not just for Canal. There are other studios involved. American studios hence why there is an English dub and actually something that's quite cool is that the the person who voices the lead character does the English and the French dub and the mother played by Catherine Deneuve uh, is is both the English and the French dub and then everyone else has changed but there's some really cool people in there her father's voiced by Sean Penn who does a very good job Um, her uncle is voiced by Iggy Pop who does a brilliant job and is probably my favourite character in it so it's a really nice version, and I think actually does a really good job of getting across. The what's um, uh, the word i making for getting across the. Um, you don't feel like it's too much lost in translation, which you, you know can with a bad dub happen. Um, another thing that I like about *Tear Across the Dotted Line* and stuff is, I think both. The, I think the translations for the most part, you don't lose too much. Um, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I like most things about it, really. How about you, Callum?
2: No, no, pretty much the same. Um, like what you said there about um, not much gets lost, um, because in 90 minutes, it's got to give you a potted history... I mean, it's tight. ...of um, both pre- and post-Iranian Revolution. And it's got to be in a way that's condensed enough, because they know young people will be watching it, because the target audience it must be kind of teenage young girls. Young adults, probably. Young adults, teenage girls, probably similar age to Marjane. Um... And it's got to deliver it in a way that is both thorough, but not, of course, it's not lecturing people. It's not giving people a history lesson. It's got to g- give it enough so it has some mix, entertainment and history. Um, and it does it very well by... Uh, moments of um, great history will be followed by Marjane a 13 year old wearing a denim jacket saying punk is not dead and kind of uh, trying to get uh, Bee Gees tapes mm-hmm. and stuff like that
0: no she doesn't want the Bee Gees oh no she so doesn't it, want the Bee Gees just, I made yes it. yes,
2: she's bored of the Bee Gees um, just as she doesn't like Abba and at, at that point I nearly uh, Abba's lame yeah I was I was about to yell at her no young lady Abba's fantastic but you know. haven't you seen Abba Voyage <laughs> in Iran in 1984. Yeah, come on. Um, this stuff in Europe is really harrowing because it's there where she lets herself uh, succumb to some personal dramas. And she even uh, sums it up like, I, I've survived war. I've uh, survived a revolution. And yet this is the thing. That it, it, a failed relationship is going to kill me. And so it, it manages to mix the personal and the global, the political very well without either coming across as being skipped over um the animation is fantastic it has uh you know the very thick black contrast white and black
0: uh lines what the fuck is going on today is there is there a fucking coup in?
2: maybe, maybe well? a serial killer or something maybe on the loose um but the best bits of animation is it'll often when it goes into a darker piece of history it will go to this sort of um, charcoal like look uh, Mm. like a um, kind of wash of gray and but scratchy and it's really quite moody it it really knows how to mix its styles and of course it's all told in flashback because of course marjane when she's making this film is a um, young lady and that's done in color and they know how to kind of jump back and forth they also know how to make the film very funny considering it's subject matter. Like, you do find yourself laughing a lot, like at her and during her perils, when uh, they're slightly on the sillier side. Um, uh, her search for music and like saying that her, uh, Bruce Lee is my hero. And there's a moment when she kind of jumps out doing these kind of Kung Fu poses. So it knows how to match its styles, mix and match its styles. It's also very good at showing uh, <laughs> um, the Iranian people's side because they make a point at, at one point saying, um At one point they um say something like um when when you see people Iran, how they're depicted across the world, we're all screaming at, um you know throwing bombs at each other, and that 's not how real people are and no, it immediately like, flash back to because we've mentioned several times before the film Argo where well, that's exactly like how the people of Iran are portrayed. But no, it's fantastic. There's not a foot wrong here. Um,
0: brilliant. I think it's something, and this, this is a broader one for both of these things, and just a broader thing in general, I think what they both do really well is tell bigger, more complex stories through people um, and their experiences and actually puts a human face to things when so much of... Life, news, media, films—all these things, podcasts—are not about people. They're about um, they're about politics, or, and situations, or events. Or, yeah. events, or you know, the lawyer that that sued a company for a hundred thousand people. Or you know, it's never about oh, actually, no, this is a, a normal person and what's happening to them, and you know. It's It's you know. You rarely get something. There's something I. This is a total tangent, but something I really liked about the Cambodian War movie that um, Angelina Jolie did, where it was actually about just a family that trying to make it through the the the, um, the Cambodian genocide, and and things. And and I I just think there's not enough of these kind of real personal stories about real people, um, in in the world telling you know us what's going on. And I think actually sometimes a lot of stuff gets distorted. A lot of stuff becomes just numbers and, you know, it's that whole thing of uh, uh, when something happens to to one person, it's a, a tragedy. When it happens to 100,000 people, it's a statistic. And, it, and I think that's what both of these do very well. I think um, particularly Persepolis with, you know, something that affected millions of people, has killed millions of people over the past 50 years, and um you know it's probably not wanted by the majority of people just a small group of people in power mainly men because they get to do what they want um and you know and the same thing with with the kind of what was what's going on in the outskirts of rome and the racism um and and actually how it makes them it just not very nice places to live because it's not you know it's, it's people bloody uh, fascist and anti-fascist skirmishing on the streets together and that's doesn't make for a good environment because then you get thousands of police cars going past you. Like, is like is happening here. in Folkestone, yes. Um, and and yeah. So and I think that's what I like about both of them is that they tell these stories through a personal lens and do it very well and manage to tell a big complex thing in a very simple way, but also telling you a you know a human story as well.
2: Yes, I'd, I'd very much agree with that. But yeah. Any more to say about them? Uh, I don't think so. I think. Um... I think think we've pretty much covered our bases, I think.
0: I think that rounds us up nicely. So Callum, uh, tear across the dotted line and they will never... (laughs) I can't remember the name of it. Uh, I should get it up quickly. Do, 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 do. Unless you get it up first. Uh, I did have it and I lost it, no. Uh, They, this world can't tear me down. Are we reviewing
2: them individually or as a whole? I think as a whole. Okay, I think I'd edge towards nine out of 10 um i th- uh, to be honest uh, i think most people preferred the first season and, and the second so not season, me not not you i think just for its freshness i preferred the first season by a hair and i do mean like a hair um so i think uh yeah as a whole nine out of ten um and both i think are comfortable nines it's not like one is a ten and the other's an eight so i'm i'm, cl- I'm rounding up to a nine i think uh, both are quite comfortable nines but one if i would got into the microscopic of the review uh, i would be slightly different and i do mean a hair so nine out of ten overall it's just a fantastic show it's very funny and and moving and personal and it's the kind of feeling that comic books should give you
0: i'm gonna give it both a 10 out of Ooh. 10 i just really love them i can't really fault much even when i started to come up with the thought i thought no actually it's quite smart in the way that it does that um, and I just think people need to watch them. I think they're that good. I just think Blimey. everyone should watch them and then they'll learn more about themselves and more about society, and more about mental health and more about racism, particularly in Italy. Um, and I think that's what people need to do. Watch them right now. You heard him, folks. Um, but yeah, no, I really love them. And... I'm sure I could pick holes in them, but no, I just I think they're great. And I think the other thing is, goes back to a point you said, it kind of reminds me of those things that I watched when I was like 18, 16, 18, and was like, well, man, this really gets me. I, you know, just, you know, catch you in the ride just really gets me. But actually, in a way that when I read those things now, I cringe, but actually, actually, no, I don't cringe, catch you in the ride, but that kind of stuff. It's nice to have that feeling again. But actually, when I watch this, I don't cringe. I'm like, no, they're bloody 40 year olds. They're older than me. Yeah, exactly. They act like this. So anyway, yeah. It,
2: It is nice to have that feeling again that feeling has been lost for a long time like Mm. i can watch things and enjoy them but there is a case for soul deadening that's you know happens in your 30s and beyond and when a show cuts through that or a film or whatever or a book or whatever cuts through that and you go oh thank god i didn't know i could feel like that Mm. again so yeah thank god for this show for that that reason
0: yeah uh taking all the scissors amount we love it and persepolis
2: that's perfect it's the 10 um, everything about it is, is brilliant um, and it's often said that when we really really like something our reviews are quicker because there's not a lot to
0: <laughs> nitpick on so our reviews were were no rants we could go yeah, into yeah there's not
2: really a rant it's like yeah it's really great I love this thing I really love this thing and I love that thing what did you love Johnny well I, I loved, loved everything thing. about it and I just agree with everything yeah. you've just said any more to say nah I think, I think we just loved it <laughs> so yeah and no, I just loved it everything about it's perfect um, just on a personal note it was one of the first comics during that time when comics were you know getting me man and uh, uh everything felt fresh and new and amazing it was one of the first so i think mouse was the first one that um i think my uh, godmother gave me and this i think was her present when she realized that i liked mouse i think was this was her present either the next year or the year after so for a little while it became a thing like i'm going to get a comic and it's going to be really important as a present from my godmother. Which one is it going to be today? Persepolis, never heard of it, but let's get reading. And yeah, so on a personal level, is one of the first kind of important comics I read.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, yeah, really love it. And it kind of helped start off a period of reading lots of those things. Um, I, to be controversial, <gasps> was considering giving it a nine. And actually, my reason for giving it a nine... Kill him! ...is kind of ironic in that i wish it was a bit longer okay i want to see more of what she did as soon as she arrives back into france a second time and i swear there is a persepolis too and i swear that does go further into that and i felt i think they were both out at the time the film came out and i wish it was there
2: are several books but i don't think it's about further stuff i think it's just more fleshed out because it's a comic book kind of like we were talking about with Mm. scott pilgrim the other day i think
0: but yeah, I think that's it. I think there could be a bit, a few more bits that could be a bit more fleshed out. And I do feel where it feels... Something that it does that I kind of like, but I don't think it has the courage to do it enough, is the way it kind of cuts between chapters in the book. So it will just, like, fade to black and go to the next one. But then they don't always do that. So I think there's just something... is something kind of in the... The editing and the structure that just doesn't sit a hundred percent with me. Okay. So for that, I'm going to knock one point off. But it's close ten, and if you'd got me on a different day, maybe I'd have said ten. So this is the last episode, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this. No, I've given. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we've both given it a pretty, both pretty, pretty fair good, shake. I think. You know? Yeah. So
2: two nine 9.5s. It's all thumbs up.
0: Thumbs up from uh, the to Johnny's podcast or whatever it's called this week
2: <laughs> whatever we decided on it's
0: only been a year folks the untitled Formula One podcast with <laughs> Callum and Callum and Potato anyway um, yeah watch out on our Instagram for questions and shit and fuck Rishi Sunak bye later